This Saturday, March 31st, 2018 at AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C., come see Trekoff the motion picture at 7.30 p.m. and then come over and see Trekoff live at 9.30 p.m. Again, Trekoff the motion picture starts at 7.30 in room 101 at the Washington, D.C. Convention Center, followed at 9.30 in room 201 by a live performance of this podcast, Trekoff. So come see us at AwesomeCon, March 31st. That's Saturday night at 7.30 and 9.30. Can't wait to meet you there. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Well, I've been Trek My name is Justin. And my name's Alex. Well, hold on. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is... I didn't say Trek Off this time. We're Trek and Wait, what? <laughs> wait, what I didn't even say welcome to Trek Off. I was just like... Welcome to the Trek Off podcast. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today, um, we're going to go through uh, items number 50 through 150 (laughs) of other nerd things. That we did not cover. That we didn't mention. You, right before the show, had mentioned one thing in particular that you wish we had talked about. I did. um, And it it was like like literally as soon as we were done. And it was because I realized I'd even said something about one of them prior to us hitting record. I'm talking about my general sickness. And I was like, wait, but like... No Total Recall or Blade Runner or like just one Philip K. Dick because it's he's kind of a big deal in sci-fi. I mean, I I know that you're obsessed with Dick. I you am. Really wish. I like know, I like if, we're, Dick. If, if it were up to you, it would all be Dick. It would be fifty dicks. <laughs> just fifty dicks right there. That's all you want. Fifty want. dicks? No, it wouldn't. I don't even know if they've made fifty dicks. I do. I think that if you put it all together, if it, between between you know. You know, dicks on pages and dicks in movies, you know, you know, some dicks in TV shows. I think that you I think you'd find a good no- number of dicks if you looked hard mm, enough. Um, I'm 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 skeptical of that. I mean, tits, I think you find a lot of, but an well, ass, but not. Well, wait, I'm, I'm talking about Philip K. Dick properties. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't See, know. It what seems you're like about. at the end there that you weren't, though, because no, it's. I get I'm, on paper, sure, because there's a lot of dick on paper. But because I mean, he wrote a lot of short stories. Sure. But, Number um, of movies. I think there's been a TV show or two. A whole show, or just like an episode here or there. Like a season, like I mean, a- did- adapted from like in a Twilight Zone or in a, you know, kind of a thing. Um, I'll look it up here. Is, it, is there a show? Like, was there ever a show, a, a dick show? Oh, there is now. Oh, wait, Electric Dreams. But I haven't watched it. I haven't started watching it yet. Sure. There's, there's Electric Prime. Dreams, The Man of the High Castle. Man of the there High Castle is dick? There's one of Minority Report had, had a uh, had a, a, it had a show. show. Uh, yeah, brief, brief. I think Minority Report would work as a show, like sort of as a... Like, uh, I mean, like I think pro- it would too, but... Like a procedural, like, a, oh, here's the next one that they've got to deal with. And then you run the plot of the movie through the show is like like the overarching arc but like the 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 pre-crime stuff you would have to ch- i think that would work actually i guess potentially but like yeah i don't um, uh anyway yes yeah. so yes there has been there's been dick uh all over tv i'm right, saying there's like di- there's more dick on tv right in the in in like the last five years and there has been dick in the theaters well that's definitely true and if you count all of the episodes of all of these things, 
there are almost as many hours of dick in TV form as there are hours of dick in movie form. Yeah. But is it true to dick? Is it true dick? Or is it like... Because I know know, a lot of times the movies are different dick. Like, it's like they change the ending or... And in a lot of ways, I'm usually happier because, like, when I when I read Dick, I'm like, dude, that is so dark. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, <laughs> like mean, I, I don't even know you. if I don't even know if the uh, if the movies that are Dick are are as Dicky as 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 Dick would want. I mean, I, I, have I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there there have been a couple that did end poorly, so to speak. And I've been like, man. I will like say it, this. But... I will say this for for the Philip J. Dick movies, even the ones that I think are problematic, like the like the remake of Total Recall. Even the original Total Recall in rewatching is so fun to watch, but it's problematic and and stuff. Yeah, but it's definitely better than the remake in terms of like but, if you're gonna watch Total Recall, don't fucking watch the remake. It is not a good representation. I don't think. Um, of the story at all so much is missing actually i think that i would disagree with you i would say that total recall the remake is so much like the original total recall just sort of with a blue filter on um that it's uh that, that it's a great representation of the story to the point where it's redundant and unneeded um i think i feel like the remake is is you know it's the same thing done you know with some modern technology that you took the camp out of it and that's, and it's pretty much the same thing. Why do you need it? It's like the new, like the new Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. I listened to a podcast about the new Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. I'm curious to see it. Um, uh, and the, the consensus is it's fine, but it's not great. It's fine. But who really needs it? Like it's, it's kind of like surprisingly, it's like a, a remake of both the recent games and the first Angelina Jolie movie sort of mixed together um, right. and at this point you know now look i'm the one who wants a thousand you know a thousand star wars movies give me the same thing every time i'm the one who says you know what <laughs> i would That's be true. fine i i want remakes reboots sequels to i would love there to be a year where i got a reboot a remake a sequel and a prequel to nightmare on elm street like and and robert england only has to be in one of them i don't care if you put the word nightmare on elm street <laughs> on the cover I will, and here's the thing. But didn't it's, you feel like the Nightmare on, Re- on, Elm, on Elm Street like reboot or whatever was like pretty much redundant? Like it wasn't badly done, but it was. I mean, in a lot of ways, it was shot for shot. It made the same movie, and it made some some significant tonal mistakes. And I get all of the criticism about it. I still paid to watch it in the theaters four times. Wow, like I, really? I mean, I watched it and it was fine, but it's like there's nothing about it that makes me not. Ti- it makes me want to watch the originals. What it does. The last right? time that I watched it in the theater, I had this realization that I wasn't enjoying myself that much anymore. The fourth time, um, where I was like, <laughs> okay, I get, it. I've seen all this, but I also had this realization, this sad realization. This is probably the last time I'm ever going to see Freddie in the theater again. Um, whereas well, that's the first why time- I am a big fan. Like I have seen. The Princess Bride, they brought it, you know, for the 30th anniversary. I saw Back to the Future um, cleaned up uh, in, in the theater. I'm a big fan of just doing that. I think that because yeah, it thing, brings though, I... audiences. And every time I've gone to something like that, the fucking shit is packed. Yeah, no. And I'm sure that's fun. But, you know, my you know, I kind of like a pristine movie experience, except for like big like events like Star Wars and stuff. And and, you know, I've got a like, you know a pretty good screen in my house and good sound. And, you know, I, what I liked about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, even though it was redundant, it was different enough that I was like, I was experiencing new Freddy. And 
And ultimately, that's what I want. So like Hellraiser fans, I'm sure, you know, the Hellraiser movies are the are notoriously bad. The 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 last They're like so six great. <laughs> um, uh, and that's because they they don't care. They just keep putting them out on on DVD. But that's the way I feel about Freddy. I was like, I would just keep I would just keep watching them. I would just I, yeah, do it. Give me more. Just, I will buy <laughs> like I'll Give buy everyone. I want every matter how I bad it is. I know it's. So, I have a thing where like I I I sort of have that with vampire movies. Where like I will watch the. I mean, there are, many of them are awful, but it's just like with it's ninjas. A, it's terrible. <laughs> but it's like you just have to watch them. Like I yeah. actually watched a movie called Vampire. Uh, it was Blood and Donuts. That's literally okay. the title of the fucking film. Blood and donuts and it's as bad as it sounds like but i like there's this thing it's like i have to watch it because it's a vampire movie and i don't know why it's it's weird it's like a yeah bullshit. no it's it's a it's huh it, it's when it comes to to stuff like that carrying stuff forward it's how i feel you know it's good that the new um star trek movies with with uh chris pine are as good as they are um and are genuinely genuinely very well made very good movies and and star trek beyond was a joy to watch yeah star that trek one beyond really is, made me happy it's definitely my favorites it's of, my favorite of the three yeah of the um, three it's you know what it is it's everybody's so comfortable and they're just like the first one had something to prove and you could feel it trying. and there was yeah and there was a lot of like just random fan service which i'm not opposed to right i do love fan service yeah. but like and in the second one, it was trying too hard to do this, you know, inside out inversion yeah. thing of, and and there was, you know, the whole, what do you do with that trip? Like there's, yeah. and the Carol Mark has huge problems in the second one. Yeah. Like, and the third one just really felt like. They're just having fun. They're just like, yeah, let's like just Like it's this. finally a Star Trek movie. Like, cause the thing is yeah. like the Star Trek movies, even though, yes, they are bigger, grander fighting, um, you know, big set piece moment stuff that you didn't see on the show. I feel like you still had that thread of Star Trek, the the feeling of of some sort of social commentary of trying to make you question something or think a little bit deeper, and and it's still there. That grain is well, there, but it's a, more fun. Here's like a fun I mean, exercise. Like here's a fun exercise. Star Trek, like, like, like Star Trek Four is one of the most fun of them. I think everyone would agree. It's probably the one most people, more people have seen. I know even Mister A had seen. And he had never watched yeah. Star Trek before. And before he met me, he had seen Star Trek 4 a bunch and loved it. And it was just like, but he had no idea of like the backstory, how he get there, anything. And he still had seen it a bunch and liked it. And it's like, because it's so much fun, but it is still talking about like they're getting a, a humpback whale because we're like hunting them to extinction. Like yeah, there's still an, a, an environmentalist movie without a doubt. Like it's, Yeah. It's, like there's still something being, there's still a social commentary going on, which is a big part of Star Trek, but it's fun throughout despite saying something. And that's the charm. That is the, the magic of Star Trek. Well, and, so th this is, this is what I wanted to, to ask you then. Um, uh, before, and this was not planned. I just came into my mind. There are 13 Star Trek movies. Of okay. the 13 Star Trek movies, which ones would you say, what are the top, let's say the top half, the top six most Star Trek-y of them, of the top six Star Trek movies? The, the ones that- Six that, for sure. That, that captures that essence of what Star Trek is. Yes, six- well, you know, six is is without a still, doubt is still arguably my favorite of all thirteen. I mean, it's an in 
incredibly well done. You know, it's it does have it hits fun all in the it. Beats. it like, it's a it's, little bit less. Yeah, you know, certainly not as as fun as four is. Right. Um, there's more intrigue. There's more drama and more like oh shit. Um, but there. But yeah, it is. Pro- I'd say it is probably the closest, at least right off the top of my head, to feeling like an episode of the show. Right yeah. where you have stakes, something very important that really matters that we're talking about. You have the fun, and that usually comes from the character interactions, which we have like with Bones and 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 Spock and and Bones and Kirk, and then you have like the yeah no I mean there's no there's no doubt the six because it also has the underlying like what's the message. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an allegory for stuff. I'm going to I always so I'll, I'll go number. Let's do six. We'll each do three. I'm going to say I'm going to vote for Star Trek Generations um, just because it is the really? it is it is the only one of all of the movies that it just feels like a big budget episode of next gen. The ship is the same. The corridor is the same. The costumes are the same. The characters are the same. They look the same. They're acting the same as they did in the movies Picard is not action movie Picard yet as a matter of fact Picard tries to like, think about this Picard tries to fight another old man and loses in generations by first contact he's single-handedly taking out 20 Borg so so like generations <laughs> generations I see feels, your point yeah generation feels like a very and and the it bridge does is but the, what's the but what's the not all of Star Trek is allegory I'd say only I suppose like a, not all. Um, that's, although that's, I guess there is kind of there's maybe maybe it's not all allegory, but I think it's all meant to inspire you or you know what I mean to yeah, to get a, you thinking in general. I believe there's a, there's a theme there, and there a, is an idea of like the, is yeah. d- is it worth perfection? Maybe like yeah, just I think, I if think, it's I not think, real per se, like is that? I think that Star Trek Generations is a is you know. A greatest hits album where it's like they they made a point when they shot the scenes at the beginning of the movie to use the film stock that they used for the original series movies, and then they made a point when they the to use a different film stock the a uh, similar film stock to the show when they were making the uh when they were making the next gen section. So really, you get on at the beginning on the Enterprise B, it feels very much like those first six Star Trek movies. The costumes Absolutely. are the same. Yep. And then you move over and it feels very much like an episode of Next Gen. Um, and it is, you know, it is the the greatest hits album of Star Trek. Um, and, and while it doesn't offer a whole bunch new, there's a reason that that's the one that I so often go to to watch, especially in the background. Especially if I'm not really watching it and I'm like, I want something on TV because I'm cleaning my room. And I'm like, I'll throw on a Star Trek movie. That's the one I'll throw on the most often because it just feels so love. It's lovely in its familiarity to me. So I would, I would put that up. Yeah, as, but as the, the whole. And then no, probably there are problems. that's why. So don't watch that movie very closely. I mean, it's a wonderfully like enjoyable movie as long as you're yeah, not really the, paying attention. Yeah, but also the whole Kirk dying thing is problematic for me. Like I'm, I'm like I'm like you. I can't just kind of. And so as a yeah, result, I think I don't end. watch that movie very much. Like, and you're right. Like, aside from like that, there's so much fun in it. There's so much, you know, both Data, of so the Star Treks no that I problem. love. I love Data in that movie. And I and I really had stopped liking Data a lot during the seventh season of Next Gen. And I and I kind of don't like Data a lot during the rest of the Star Trek movies. Yeah. Um, but I like him in that movie. He's it's, it's he's fun. You know, little life form. 
It's lovely. I love it. All right, so that's my number number two. What's your number three for most Star Trek-y of all the Star Trek movies? Hmm. Not just quality, but just content. No, I know. the feeling. I feel like four. I mean, four has to be on there, I think, because it's, it's, it is perhaps a little bit more fun than dire. Um, it is the, so it is, so it is a little bit tonally different. It is in some ways the least Star Trek-y. There is no Enterprise. Most of the time they're off a ship. They're on Earth. Mm-hmm. It's not in the future. There's, it, there's, there's a real, and there are people, there are Star Trek fans who don't like that movie and, and kind of, they, they don't hate it. And they don't deride it, but they dismiss it. They're like, it's the one with the whales. Yeah. I mean, and you know what's interesting? And I think, and I wonder if that's to do like with the tone. Cause like I was, um, after I, um, I, I recently got to see Thor Ragnarok and, um, Mr. A was telling me when we were done that a lot of people didn't like it. And they, it was because they thought it was like too funny, like that it was trying to be guardians of the galaxy or something like that. And I was like, Hmm. I was like, yeah, I mean, I did sort of notice it felt a little bit tonally different, like just because in the very beginning, it's kind of like funny in a way that Thor usually isn't. But I think Thor's grown a lot. And I think overall, there's a lot of heavy shit going on in that film. You really need that kind of fun to balance it out. Well, I mean, um, and, let's, and, and I let's really I if, liked that movie. You know, we're sidetrack into, into Thor Ragnarok. Let's put it really clearly. If you say it's not tonally like the first two Thor movies, what do you mean? The first Thor movie, which people kind of say is okay and the second Thor movie which is generally listed at the bottom yeah like I liked or second the first from one the bottom. yeah I, I liked, liked the second one I like every I liked the second Marvel. one yeah I've liked all of the Thor movies but like but I, I like but if I had to rank them if I someone forced me to rank all the Marvel movies I think Thor the Dark World would be one two or three from the bottom like it's it's like it's the second one is not is not great so so the fact that they made this this movie and they said you know what Let's take Thor from the first Avengers. Let's take that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and 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 go. You know what, Thor? Thor is kind of a dummy, and he kind of bump. You know, you know, he he kind of stumbles through, and you know, he's a reluctant, reluctant hero in what he does. He, he like it's that's fun, and using that to you know teach him a lesson, and 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 you can do big heavy stuff by making him. It's like sort of the Ghostbusters effect, right? You make you make sort of a you put a bumbler in the middle of a, a life threatening situation. It's so much fun to watch. It's my favorite Thor movie. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, I loved it. Like, and it was not at all what I thought I was going to get from the trailer. I was, I still think the whole. I mean, there's still slight things I have problems with, like the haircutting. It's just just so unnecessary and clearly meta. And like the. Sometimes her robe, um, Hela's robe being like, I know that they're having her costume and her whatever kind of be sentient in a way or have a life of its own. There are certain shots where like that being CG just like sort of took me out of it. And it was like, why do you need it? Like all we're seeing is a a slip of her cape, but she's like shaking somebody like to death. You know what I mean? Or going to hit somebody. But but in the whole CG fight scene, I get it. But like in that shot, why not just have the room? Like every shot was a shot that was airbrushed on the side of a van in the seventies was amazing. Yeah, like just, no, and like, I loved and I loved the Valkyries, and I loved I loved, the I loved her stuff. I love that it's just crazy. And I loved and I loved the the funny interact. Like I liked the you know me, I love the character interactions, and it was like it was not at all what I expected because like from the the trailer, I did not I didn't think there'd be a whole lot of not fighting, and there was a whole lot of not fighting, and and there was you know him and you know Loki fucking around with each other, and I fucking loved that. It was it was great. It's 
I'd say it's probably my my favorite Thor movie. It's a lot. It was fun. And it didn't feel like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, there's a lot of heavy shit. Like, Hela is fucking scary as shit, dude. Yeah, I know. She's she's one of the better villains. Yeah, she's fucking terrifying. So powerful and terrifying. And I and like and I love it the first time we see a a female like villain, she is so incredibly badass. She's so incredibly scary. Um and I just really think the humor helps offset that. So I do think it is a there was also a feeling I had, you know, when they did the first Thor you know, and even in the Avengers, they've kind of glossed around uh, Loki's big horned helmet thing. Mm. Like mm. they give it a couple of shots to make you happy. And then like, OK, that's it. We're done. Yeah, okay. because I Continue hated on. it, man. It's so but, silly in reality. But you know what? She has as as silly a, a headdress, but they pulled it off and they did it. They actually went there that her costume in this movie is identical almost to the costume in the comics. I like, imagined it was. I was like, I don't think they did that on their own like that occurs to me as having been from the comic and that's why yeah. she looks that way yeah the only costume that's ever been quite as identical other than like iron man has been um captain america's costume in the avengers now it's interesting in noting if we're talking about thor we're gonna go back to star trek in a second we're talking about yeah. thor um watching the trailer for avengers infinity war you know i noticed captain america has a different looking shield and and his you know his beard's all grown out we talked about that in <laughs> black widow we talked about how her hair is not red anymore. And now we look at Thor and his hair is cut and he's, you know, you know, spoil. Well, I won't say what the spoiler is, but there's another part of him that looks very different than, than, you know, what we are used to. And I think that, mm. you know, it's knowing that we're coming into the final chapter of, of Marvel. There's, you know, I am kind of getting more used to the, okay, everybody's coming into this looking different. Everyone is into this, you know, this, this is not the same. Cause I'm, Right now, mid-watch of The Avengers, I decided to show my youngest, The Avengers, even though it's a little violent, but he's such a superhero fan. We watched the, a bit of The Avengers. Um, and, you know, you watch them coming together and how perfectly set they are to their comic book personas in The Avengers. Um, mm. And there's a certain naivety to um, to their interactions in that movie. So watching this sort of unraveling of the Marvel Universe here at the end with Thanos... Like I'm kind of I'm kind of down with them all looking a bit different. I mean, I'm kind of down with them all having like lived life and well, had their I'm, own I'm, shit kind of happen in the interim. And like and, and that's I'm OK with that. But I'm um, a big fan. We've said on Next Gen, I'm a huge fan of being able to tell which season they're in. By what by costumes what they're, they're wearing? Yeah, by what they're wearing. <laughs> um, um, and there's no reason for them to change costumes. Can you imagine if our military changed costumes as much as they did in Star Trek? The cost of that. I know, right? Yeah. So, but so here's the I, thing. I mean, that in in Star Trek, it doesn't cost very much because there's no money. They just replicated it, and so I imagine if that was true, it would be a little bit different. Like, because we wouldn't have the same constraints. Yeah, I'm just, just I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of <laughs> down with with everyone starting this. Like, if this is the end chapter, and I have a feeling that like. Like we'll talk. How about let's let's table this discussion. Maybe we'll do this at the end. Let's finish our little uh, collection. Yeah. We'll talk. I, I, the only reason I diverged right was because Star Trek Four. It, it, Star Trek Four is there is a, a bit of a tonal shift, like Thor, where it's a little bit more funny than it is um, dire and world endy. Because honestly, like, my my the reason I don't watch Star Trek Four as much as I might is that it doesn't have what I go to Star Trek Four. Uh, Star Trek Four, huh? Um, <laughs> in that, it, it's not in the future. It's not on a ship. 
And yeah, but like some of my favorite episodes of Star Trek are when they went back in time uh, to do shit. Sure. And, like, and if I were in the and if I were in the middle of a Star Trek binge watch, I would love that. But given that I'm, you know, I'm checking into Star Trek less often now just because of life and because there's so much great new stuff on TV um, uh, that I am like, I'm not taking that much time to watch old stuff that I used to um, that that like when I check into Star Trek, I try and get like the most Star Trek episode I can. So there's all right. But Star Trek for I get that. All right. My turn. Um, all right, go. Uh, yeah, I'll put Star Trek Beyond as number four. I would say that it, uh, you know, if, if Star Trek four has almost none of what I go to Star Trek for, um, <laughs> uh, it Star Trek Beyond is, you know, if, if you know what Star Trek four is, Star Trek four is we haven't gone out to dinner in a while. Let's go out for Greek food. You know, and Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek Beyond is we haven't gone out to IHOP before. Let's go to IHOP. This IHOP is serving. This is the best, the best like IHOP I've ever had. Like that's what Star Trek Beyond is. I knew exactly what I was getting going in. It gave me exactly what I was looking for going in. It did all of it exceptionally well. There's nothing groundbreaking or really new in that film. It just said we're going to do Star Trek exceptionally well. And I think that you know there's something to be said for for crafting a familiar meal expertly. Whereas Star Trek uh, sure. Four, you, Star Trek Four, you might say, is about giving you something new um, with the same ingredients, like an episode of Chopped. Um, so yeah, so Star Trek Beyond, that's my number four. Um, I know that <laughs> that nobody likes um, Star Trek Five. Really? Really? But like it's or insurrection. But like both of those have like like thematically there's a like you know a thing going on. Uh that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I Star Trek 5, I don't I don't was you, every, would you everything say everything at Yosemite is awesome. Everything at Yosemite is awesome. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But like I'm saying if we're talking about something that if 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 the idea is a movie that most closely resembles although i don't know there's no nothing, star there's, trek what's the one where when we revisit space is that two or three i never know because i watch them together which one is 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 space seed part two because then i would say that's that. that's wrath of khan okay then that and that's two right i just i yeah. know it's called wrath of khan but i don't ever okay yeah so two i'm gonna go with two two because because uh, because that does because it actually ship- builds off of it of of a previous sure. storyline which is fucking cool as shit and, and, and there's like because i really felt like at the end of spacey like that what they had done was a very star trek um and i don't know federation kind of thing to do in that what are we gonna do are we gonna punish like he didn't ask to be made he didn't ask to be born right and he has these proclivities and so there's no place for him among us, right? He's problematic. But you know what? There's this really harsh planet over here. And <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> the see, Khan uh, is getting you back for, for even mentioning him. You are a you are a small underling to Khan, 
that he has put mm. the virus in your coffee. He's put it in. My, he yeah. has. He's, yeah. He is punishing me. Um, yes. Anyway, he uh-huh. um, they saying here, take if if you can tame this planet, like go live your life, like have have this planet. It won't be easy, but you know you won't be in jail either. You know what I mean? Like where you won't be like cryogenically frozen again and forgotten. Like live your life, see how it goes. Like. I just I think that's kind of, I always thought that was kind of cool of him to do like it was a it was a, a mercy. So when you come back um, and you have in Wrath of Khan, you sort of see the fallout from that being not at all what you expected. And like he had totally forgot like we'd all forgotten about it. Right. It was just like, here you go. And like, we're done. So it's over. Credits done. Right. We'll never hear from them again. Right. And then like we find out life was actually really bad. Some horrible shit happened. And now he like is decided to blame Kirk for all of it. Like, well, and for no other reason, you have you have to say that that Star Trek two feels like the rest of Star Trek, because since Star Trek two, they've tried to make everything feel like Star Trek two. (laughs) So like, like, like if I were to go, boy, it's it's, you know, generations and insurrection and really first contact and. Gosh, really nemesis and oh yeah, the first Star Trek with Nero and oh yeah, okay, Khan again. Like it's like all the Star Trek movies have gone, we're gonna do Wrath of Khan. Let's try that. Um okay. So, <laughs> so that leaves so Wrath of Khan, definitely. So that leaves me with all right, not Star Trek one. Um Star Trek One, if you took Star Trek out of it, could maybe be a really interesting cerebral Star Trek movie, but it doesn't feel anything like any other Star Trek, uh, for me. It just doesn't feel it feels like on paper maybe as a novel it would have felt like star trek but the movie does yeah, not totally, give me a star trek feel at all so, it's so serious i think yeah um, it's, it's a little too serious i still like yeah. it obviously but like and there's and there's a whole lot of look at this really lot like there's certainly um a, a bit of long-windedness to it but at the heart of it i do think there is a star trek idea sure but it's never there, right? gonna make the top six it's never gonna make yeah. the top six we've said two is on there um, I think three might have a chance for being on there. We've said four is on there. You went for five, but then, but then said two. I was just, because- yeah, I was, I, I just, both five and insurrection do have a Star Trek like messagey thing going on. But Star Trek is not always about message. And I think that five, sure. five is, is in its failures. Um, and, and even in what it's trying to say, they, they, they meet God you know, they went go to meet God and God is an alien and maybe he needs his pain, I guess. And uh, I well, like, for me, five was always about. We want to believe in something like five is about Yosemite five. I We should cut all of five out, but put it. the Yosemite I'm bits right before here, six. Stop it. Like, <laughs> seriously, so. though, I think that it's trying to make a statement about like not everything that you not everything is what it seems like faith is a good thing but it can be warped and our desire for something can blind us to the truth i do believe that's sort of the message it's trying to put in there now uh, whether or not you think they did that effectively or there was six other problems with it six was our number one and seven was our number two ah first contact um this is one of those movies where quality Quality-wise, it's great. Character-wise, it's great. There's so much to love in First Contact. Doesn't scream Star Trek to me. 
It's a lot more like Aliens than it is like Star Trek, which is not bad. Um, right. It's very, it's very good. The stuff on the planet is is wonderful. Um, so first contact three, they are contenders. Um, insurrection. An argument could be made that you know insurrection should feel the most should be our number one because insurrection literally feels like an episode a, of next gen. A, 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 but a middle of the road episode of next gen. It feels more <laughs> like TV next gen than it feels more like TV next gen than uh, than generations. Even though it's on a different ship because the effects are bad and the humor doesn't always work. And but ultimately, I it I it's hard for me to forgive the betrayal of the characters that especially of Worf um, at the time. It's really hard for me. Like I am distracted throughout the film by, by Worf, by Worf a lot and by data somewhat. Um, uh, insurrection. Absolutely not Star Trek. Um, I, I don't hate insurrection. It's a, it's I actually kind of, but like it has it. a Star Trek idea like at the core of it for sure. That's what I mean. Like much like five, it's this no, idea. it doesn't. You know, here's the thing. No, it doesn't. It has an idea, and the answer to the idea is everything is awful. Everything sucks. The idea is we should question what is what is the meaning of identity, and the answer to that is identity is dark, and anything we look into is going to be dark and destroy us and be dismal. It's not. There's no. How is that what you get from that? That's there's weird. zero optimism in the film until a tagged on scene at the end where where you get Data singing "Never Saw the Sun" like at the end. If you take that scene out of the movie, the movie is just dour. It's just dour. It's a. It's a. I, it's I feel a, like I have to rewatch it now and and see and like stop it. It's like a murdery, ten minutes from the end and see how it feels. A murdery, <laughs> rapey. Just. <laughs> um, like we did, and by the way, maybe it seems the most like next gen because didn't Troy also get All, mind yeah, raped in the she show? Did, she did. She got raped tons, man. Yeah, like, like she was like. Like poor Troy was just like carrying a rape sign. Um. Uh. Wow. I'm, I can't say those things. Um. <laughs> uh, uh. Star Trek 09. Which, I mean, I think is an ev- evidence is uh, the time frame in which it was made. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I I think I think it's going to be a tie. I have to decide between Star Trek 09 and Star Trek three. Really. Um. Star Trek 09. You know. For I say all three the f- then. Fan service for all the fan service. I'm going to say three and not because I think it's better than Star Trek 09. I don't think it is actually. And I don't think it's better than First Contact. But what it is, is super Star Trek. It's super. It's it's hard sci fi along with 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 uh, heartfelt melodrama with a touch of humor. Um, It is it is. Yeah, it, it is. It is basically. It's everything that six is, but not quite as good as six. So if six is going to be our number one, then definitely three deserves to be on this list. So I'm going to say three is my number six. Um, but there we you know, have it. <laughs> yeah, so there we there we have it. So number one is Star Trek six. Number two is Generations. Number three was Star Trek Beyond. Number four was uh, Star Trek. What was my Oh no! Number four was Star Trek four. Yeah. Number five. <laughs> number four was Star n- Trek n- four. Number five <laughs> was Star Trek two, and number <laughs> six was Star Trek three. And you know what? Of course, the the trilogy of the you know, what considered to be the original series trilogy has to be in there. You know, in yeah, it's they they are they are. It's worth noting. It's not just about them seeming like the original series, but those three movies are the backbone on which the entire Rick Berman era is built. Like that is the that. 
two, three, four, and six is the vibe that next gen DS9 Voyager and Enterprise were all going for. They were all going for the vibe of those four movies. So yeah, so it's I fitting would, I would, that they are on. Yeah, that they're that they're all on there. Yeah, okay, cool. Representative um, of Star Trek list of movies. <laughs> so uh, so I want to jump back. We talked a little bit about um, we talked a little bit about uh, the Avengers and and about. Thor, and I want to jump back to it, but I want to finish our list first. Um, uh, there, uh, something has just come out. You know, with the new Avengers trailer has come out, and we know that Infinity <laughs> Wars the is part one of a two part end to Marvel. Like we know that that's the case. Um, oh, I uh, know we know that. We know that. Yeah, this is the end. This is the end of uh, of Phase Three, and then Phase Four is going to start. Um, is going to start after this, and there's. You know, it is well known that Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth contracts are all up at this point. Um, they are no longer under under contract for Marvel. And Chris Evans has recently just come out and said, um, yeah, I'm done after the fourth one. You will not see me in any more Marvel movies. Um, and he gave the best reason. Um, he said, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get his his quote here. I can't pull it up here. Basically what he said, he said, you know, I'm super happy that I did it. He said, I should probably jump off the train before they push me off. Um, and then he said, you know, when I think in the last seven years that I've been doing this of the things that make me happiest, it's the time that I've spent with my family and like the smaller stuff I've been able to do that really makes me happy. So I feel like I've done my thing. Um, I think I've done my thing. But what really makes me happy is doing, you know, is exploring my art. And you know, what? I can. I can get that. Like when, when Robert Downey yeah. Jr. is like, Robert Downey Jr. is like, I just feel like I'm getting too old for it. I'm like, no, you're not. You're fine. What are you talking <laughs> about? Stay <laughs> no, forever. You're never too older. Stop it. Um, but when, when Chris Evans says, hey, you know, I did this and I did, you know, so many movies. I mean, he was in three Captain America movies. He's going to be in four Avengers movies, you know, and he did cameos in both Spider-Man and, and the second Thor movie. Like he's, you know, he, he's done his bit. Um, yeah, he has certainly and, done his cap bit. And and keep in mind, what he has to do for cap is so much more than Downey has to do for Iron Man. Like Downey, Downey could do Iron Man forever because he can literally phone it in. He can literally. <laughs> they can. Pay, I know he can, just has to be himself for like you know, <laughs> for like, like for like two weeks maybe. Yeah. Like you've seen Spider Man, right? Yeah. So I've been thinking about what he does in Spider Man. I've been really thinking about what he does, and I'm thinking about everywhere where he appears. And spoilers for Spider-Man, real quick. Uh, you see him at a party, right? You see him at a party, and he's got a drink. Okay. Um, you uh, you see him talk to Peter at... Uh, you see him talk to Peter on a ledge, and clearly that's on a green screen. Clearly that's on a green screen. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like they're not actually on a ledge in New York having this conversation. Um, uh <laughs> You see you a couple of in of of in helmet shots of him when he's flying around, um, and you see him at the end in a uh, in in a like like in a scene at the end, like at, at the Avengers place, and that's that's it. And I'm thinking, boy, all of those if they just had those sets built, he could have done in two weekends. He could have done all of that in two weekends, maybe three. And I'm sure he didn't get his Avengers paycheck for it, but I'm sure he got, you know, 10, 15 million so they could put him on the cover. 
So he could be one of the ones they, they list. So like, I think about that and I go, wow, this guy has really, this guy has really like, like figured it out. He's figured (laughs) out how to like, like he could be continue to be because he doesn't have to do any of the fighting. He doesn't have to be there. And I know that Mm -hmm. he he was always, he was always there for the mocap at first. He's not now. He's just clearly said, no, I don't, I'm not there unless I need to be. Um, And so through much of the action. And I I even get that. It's like, listen, I'm, you know, not exactly a spring chicken anymore. I'm not going to risk doing all this mocap, you know, fighty stuff at my age anymore. Like I'm good, man. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and that's fair. (laughs) Well, and, and I think that it's, it's fair, but it's also like like he you know when when Chris Evans does it, he needs to train up. He needs to get himself in perfect shape and not just good oh, shape. Yeah. Like oh like no, Robert yeah, Jr. I mean, is in good shape. He's got to be. He's got to look like Captain America. Yep. Um, as as does Hemsworth as well. Thor. Like he's yeah. He's got to be like I I was just reading after because after seeing the movie, I was like I noticed um, I recognized somebody in the play within the play, and I was like. Who is that? And it wasn't in the credits. Yeah. And it wasn't in the credits and it wasn't in the credits and it wasn't in the credits on IMDb. So I went into like the the trivia. I'm like, I have to know because I know that face. So crazy because he doesn't sound like himself. He looks like himself. But with all the hair and the way he makes him sound. Huh? Did you see who played Thor? Yes. I I recognize him. I know. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm saying I knew... I, th- I was like, is he another Hemsworth? There's something in the mouth. I can't place it. And it was because he didn't sound like himself. And the, and the, they had Lokiified him such. I was like, oh my gosh. When we, you know, so I, but in there I read like all of the training that Hemsworth has to do up to a Thor movie, right? And I'm like, good Lord. Like, yeah, that's, and, and, yeah. and I think that his trainer was like, we wanted him to be in the best a shape that he's ever been in for a Thor, you know, for as Thor. And I'm like, okay, but he always looks good. Like you guys, are, maybe you're pushing this a little too far. Yeah, but he, <laughs> but looking good is not enough. He has to look super heroic. Like if you see he does of, though. So I'm saying, if I'm, you see there Captain is no America, time. but like here's the difference: if you see Captain America in in the pictures from the new you know Avengers and really Age of Ultron, like he is not the same guy as Captain America the First Avenger. Captain America the First Avenger, he looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was just enormous and he's <laughs> not really doing that anymore i think he like did the beard instead he was like i'll grow a beard <laughs> like this time around they're like, they're like hey we need you to get back into that captain america shape he goes how about this i'll grow, I'll a, grow beard. a beard i'll grow a beard i don't have to get in shape and in return i'll show up for some funny shit in uh in uh spider-man how about that like that's that's the trade that's the trade i keep my shirt on i grow the beard <laughs> That's, that's what I'm going to do. I keep my shirt on. I grow a beard. I grow cool. a beard. That's all I'm going to do. Um, so I here's the thing. Without a doubt, Evans is done. Probably Downey is done. Um, uh, chance that Hemsworth is done, but I think that he's not. I think Hemsworth was going, I want to be done. I want to be done. But then he had a great time on Ragnarok. So I think that that like like he has said that he'll do more if they're that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. Black Widow's not done because she's getting her own film finally. Um, uh, only took you ten years, Marvel. Um, right. Uh, so I'm worried they'll just fuck it up, though. You know. Uh, yeah. You know what? In Marvel, we trust. I mean, they 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 rarely fuck it up. Like like Iron Fist, notwithstanding. Um, <laughs> Iron Fist, notwithstanding, and Defenders wasn't terrible. It was just disappointing. 
Um, but I'm like almost done with the Punisher. It's astounding. I told you, dude. The Punisher is, is just the Punisher is now is it now in order? It's Daredevil season one, the Punisher. I have not yet watched Jessica Jones season two because I'm waiting until I'm done with the Punisher. So, but I've heard it's great. Then it's Jessica Jones season one, then Luke Cage, then the Defenders. No, no, no. Sorry, Jessica Jones season two, Defender, see or or, or uh, the Daredevil season two, then Defenders, then Iron Fist. Th- no, then Defenders, then Luke Cage, then Iron Fist. Um, and even Luke Cage was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. But the hmm. Punisher is something special. The Punisher. Oh, I is, know. It's fucking phenomenal. The intensity yeah. that that guy brings. Yeah. Is, well, and the story I mean, and the. Oh the, wow. You know, the only problem it is the bad guy. The bad guy in the Punisher is like seriously, they should have given him a mustache to twirl. Um, there's there's one scene in the movie. I will say this that that are in, in the Punisher. Spoilers, minor spoilers for the Punisher, where you see the bad guy visit his mom. And I'm like, oh, they're doing this. They're going to make you kind of feel for the bad guy here. And he's like talking to her. He's taking care of him. And you're like, I, I was like, this is such a great choice. Now it's going to make him all detail. Like it's going to give you like depth to him. It's going to make you more uncomfortable with, with, you know, when he does bad things, he's a good guy. Like it's like, it's like what they did with the, with the kingpin, you know, they made like, mm-hmm. they made you feel for him, even though you hate, you did hate the, the kingpin. Yeah. But you didn't you want him, him to do what he was doing. Yeah. Um, but you understood and you felt literally it took human. this guy all of like 10 seconds to go. Yes, mother, I care for you, and I hate you. I'm pulling this off of you, and I'm injecting you with drugs. It's just like, really? Like, really? You couldn't even give him, like, a set? Like, he's he is so cardboard. It doesn't help that the actor looks like he's cut out of cardboard. Um, Like, he just... He, I he think came... you will like him better uh, towards the end. Well, I'm three episodes for the end, so I'm hoping that I do, but it's, it's, you know, I don't want... Like, I mean, he's, I he's felt, not... I felt like he was... I didn't feel like he was just a mustache twirl. I... I I see more complexity in that character than than what you're saying right now. I'm just kind of mad that but, scene could that scene could have really lent something to it and failed to. Anyway, um, so knowing that those guys are out, um, uh, and and Jeremy Renner isn't even in, uh, isn't even in the poster. Like Jeremy Renner has been in no trailers and no posters, um, and certainly Hawkeye's never going to get wow. his own movie. And I was like, yeah. if you're going to kill anyone, Hawkeye seems like the guy you could kill. Like it would hurt when he died. But not that much. Not like a downer. He's got a fucking family, dude. I know. I know. And that's the one thing. But but it's not like killing Downey off. Like you, it hurts while it's happening. You're like, oh, no, his family. Back to the movie. Whereas if Downey dies, you're like, this movie has a certain lack of Iron Man that I'm not okay with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like who's, who's cracking wise? Like, someone's got to crack wise here. Hold on. Where's the smart yeah. guy? Um, uh, so I'm wondering how they... I. If if Iron Man dies, he's been a flawed character. In certain ways, he deserves to die for some stuff that he's done. Um, he is not a great guy. He's trying to be, but he's him dying does not seem as problematic for me as Captain America dying. I have a bigger problem with Captain America dying just because yeah, Captain for, America dying feels like the death of hope. Um, you know, so what I mean? if, we're, if we're gonna quote unquote kill off Captain America. What I want them to do, I hope Marvel's listening for a movie that you've already made. Um, but I hope Marvel, what Marvel should do if they want to quote unquote kill him off, there's the time stone. Send him back to the 1940s. Send him back. He's effectively dead. He is no longer. Of he's any out of the use. picture. He's out of the picture. And we find out he died five years ago because he was sent back to the 40s, that he lived a long life and we find out he's done. 
but he gets to give him a scene where he shows up and there's Peggy and that's the end of his of, of his story. Like, and then, you know, yes, we don't get Captain America anymore, but he gets a happy ending. Of all of the Avengers, he's the one that deserves the happy ending, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Like, like that's that's my thought. So I'm hoping that they do that. I think the Iron Man... You know, I I think there's enough Iron Man aggregates now in in the Avengers. Like, I think that between Ant-Man, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, you've got enough funny commentary, you know, to go around and you have Banner being smart. So I feel like you can you can sort of piece together an Iron Man feeling out of those characters. But there's no one like Cap. There's no one who who. No, he always occurs as like the the heart, the hope and the conscience of the group. Yeah, and 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 I think there could and be. I can't think of anyone that could fill that. Well, no, I think that that certainly Peter could be the hope, and maybe, and but he's Peter. Certain... Could, Peter could be the hope. Certainly, um, T'Challa can be the conscience. Um, who could be the heart of the group the way he is? Boy, that's that's a mm. that's tough. Because, mm-hmm. you know, geez, let me see. Let me let me give a thing. <laughs> um, I'm just. I don't, boo, 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 I don't boo, boo. think there is. I think Vision's probably going to die too. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anyone who could be. I mean, maybe Banner. Banner, yeah, Banner could be the heart on its on on, on his own. Um. But, Although after Thor Ragnarok, are we ever getting Banner back? Yeah, we are. Without a doubt, we are. Ruffalo's. Yeah, what Ruffalo wants to get his face shown, like it's going to be part of like being there. Um. Although if Ruffalo quits. They could just have Hulk forever, right? Like they could, like Hulk could be Hulk without Ruffalo from now on. They've got the mo- they've got the 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 scans, so they can just do it. Um, I think that that it's it's not so much the absence of Cap as it would be if if you have his story end in you know Thanos just crushes him. I'm not kind of okay with like like big cosmic guy crush, crushes Captain America. I'm not down with it. No, like it's it's because that because what that does is it sort of justifies every complaint I had in the Avengers, which was what good is Captain America doing? Like Captain America is slightly stronger than the normal guy. Like he's he can't compete in a battle against the Chitauri. But what he can do is bring hope. And in his own movies, the scale of what's going on is so much more grounded Mm -hmm. that he can compete. And there is a reason for him to be there. But if you kill him. If you kill him because Thanos is, you know, yeah, Thanos can kill regular people. Then mm-hmm. then what you've said is, yeah, no, he had no place among, you know, what. what yeah, he didn't belong here. What Black he Widow said, with this when, when Black Widow said, you better sit them, this one out. These guys are basically gods. She was right. And he should. He should have <laughs> stayed home. He, he, he would have better off staying home. He should have called so, in sick. But if it can be that through his effort, he is removed from the battle, but he gets to go home. That's that's beautiful. And I'm hoping somebody thinks about that. That's all. That's my thought there. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. I so before eventually. we go, um, we have just a few more minutes. Um, I wanted to share with you an article that I looked at um, where uh, where Simon Pegg has been speaking out about the possible other Star Trek movie um, that, you know, the, the would be Star Trek movie uh, that uh, he was working on. Um, and also uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, mix on Star Trek because right now Tarantino's uh, is uh, got an idea for what he's writing. It's really a story idea. 
Um, this is from trekmovie.com. It says, in December, it was reported that the Star Trek film based on a pitch from Quentin Tarantino would be R-rated. However, in a new red carpet interview from today's Empire Awards, Star Trek actor and co-writer of Star Trek Beyond, Simon Pegg, adds doubt to that previous report. Talking to Hey You Guys, Pegg said, I don't think he's written an R-rated Star Trek script. I think that what happened is he went to Star Trek producer J.J. Abrams with an idea that he had for a while. I remember he told us about it a long time ago. I think he told me and Edgar Wright about it a long time ago. He just put it to J.J. and J.J. is considering putting it into a writing room. We got an email saying, guess who came to the office the other day? So I don't know much about, more about it other than the fact that it's sort of in the mix. So we'll see. Um, uh, Peg didn't offer an opinion on Tarantino's take on Star Trek, but recently Carl Urban said it's important to remain often of the idea on the different takes on the franchise, even if that is more swearing, graphic violence or sex. Um, uh, and then we go up to, uh, to a second article, and this is from uh, March 22nd, where he talks more. Um, and he goes, there's a script that's been written. There's also this, and he's talking about how JJ had a script um, and that he, or how that Simon Pegg wrote a script and then JJ wrote a script. And then there's also the story of Quentin Tarantino coming and chatting with JJ about an idea he, ha he had for a long time. That idea is going to the writer's room to be looked at. I think it might take something like him, like Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino to restart the film franchise. Cause it's worth noting that while Star Trek beyond was uh, Paramount's number one release for the year, it shows if you just watch box office, there's just a, a, a sharp downward trend um, in how the Star Trek movies do. I think some of that has to do with, frankly, people didn't like Star Trek Beyond that much. Um, yeah. Or not Star Trek Beyond, but uh, Star Trek the, Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, yeah. uh, it's an interesting proposition, although I don't know if that means everyone will be blowing each other's heads off with phasers and Kling calling Klingons motherfuckers. But who knows? That could be fun. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to come out as saying... That uh, and I've said this before. I don't want a hard R Star Trek. I kind of, I I will come down to saying that the sex part of um of Star Trek Discovery could have been been slightly less graphic, and the most that that most of the profanity seemed there to go. Hey, we can say this now. Haha. -ha. Um, I'm bummed out that I can't show my 11 year old all of star trek discovery without being there and kind of watching over it with him seriously trek, dude yeah i'm i'm seriously because like seriously because you don't think he's hearing fuck motherfucker oh shit damn any of that stuff outside I, of your I fucking know house dude? I, I, I know he is so I know what does it matter i know he's like, uncomfortable I don't understand. About it because you know what star trek has always been family entertainment star trek has always been family entertainment that pushed the boundaries to a point, but was always kind of, you know, it was Star Trek was something you could sit down with your kids when they were seven and watch. Like I like, well, I'll put on next gen for both my kids, including my almost seven year old. Um, I wish that discovery didn't need to be, I don't, it doesn't need to be a cartoon, but I, I, I always sort of felt like it was it, it was something that was safe. The amount of profanity is so tiny. And I know, you know where it I is. Mean? And I remember and I remember it is. But the There's you know, like three instances, literally, the, over the entire season. The edge the but there's but the, the violence also has The violence is another thing. Violence is the thing that I that that I did feel like ooh, this is a little un Star Trekky. It's awfully graphically violent which i obviously well, don't have a problem with but i think that is a bigger problem well and uh, I, and for I, children and I, than three instances of a cuss word 
but 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 when you add the violence to the you know graphic Klingon sex, um, that was which is also not all the time either. But it's enough that it's enough that I have to remember the scenes that I need to like fast forward past, and it's it's well, and so it wasn't a, and here's a, and here's the deal a, Here, like here's a the deal. bit of Klingon boob like. Um, it's no, it shows, look, it shows, it's not the, the, the exposing of a boob. It's the, like the, clearly they're naked writhing their bodies together. Now for you and me, that's fine. Um, but it's, you know, it's an issue. It's an issue that I have with it where it's, where it's a departure. There's a reason that, that, that discovery for as good as it is, and it is really good and it hits my wheelhouse, um, is is not on the radar for for what I because I I would put Star Trek Discovery next to like the 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 Netflix Marvel shows and not the Punisher which is you know over the Punisher is as far as you can go in both yeah. sex and violence without an R like it's it's like like literally if it were a movie the violence would have made it an R and the Absolutely. sex and the sex is like one camera frame away from an R like they are clearly naked pumping their 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 shit together in in like they 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 push it there but daredevil level is still i couldn't show my kid daredevil like it's just it's too it's too dark it's too intense and i don't mind dark as much if it's not as graphic as it is so i mean all that being said discovery can be its own thing there's room for discovery to be its own thing i am worried that that the movies at least should be a safe enough pg-13 experience like the movies do not need to be discovery. A hard R. They don't need to be discovery. I mean, they don't they, they need to be. I think it would be interesting to see what that looked like, though. Yeah, but but if we're only going to get one every, is really good. But if we're, like, if, we're, if we're only going to get one of those movies every four years, I don't want to have to wait until my until my kid is fifteen to take him to see Star Trek in the movie theater. I mean, that's it's been such a joy. It was a joy to take him to see Beyond in the in the. In the movie theater, we stood up, we cheered. He loved it. He loved it so much. He rewatches it like on repeat. Like that's awesome. You know, and and that's that's a problem. Look, that's frankly a problem I'm having with Infinity War. Like I said, I'm showing my seven year old uh, the the Avengers right now, and I had to say to him as we were watching, he goes, "Oh, there's a new one coming out in theaters," and I was like, "Well, I might not let you see it because you love these characters and you're seven, and I know for a fact these characters bite the dust, <laughs> like." Motherfucker's like, gonna be dropping like flies. Like, like, <laughs> like I, I don't want to bring him to a to a movie that's gonna take all this joy that he has. I love Captain America. What happened? Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like, <laughs> like he dumb. loves Iron Man. He thinks Iron Man is the coolest. You know, I don't want him to go watch the coolest get eviscerated by Thanos. I yeah. want to see it. Maybe like that would be you know interesting for me. But sure. Like, that and so that sort of bumps me out. Like I, there's a part of me that I know how dark Infinity War looks like it's going to be, and I kind of don't want it to be. Like I, I like, I was okay with Cap- the Captain America movies having that grit because even the first Avenger, for all its optimism, had some wartime grit to it. Absolutely. Um, but what I noticed about the first Avengers is that I had to take thirty seconds bringing them up to speed, and then the first Avengers works on its own. Um, and I kind of don't want infinity war to lean toward the grit if that makes sense like i wish i mean it I wish... does i know i know that you want to be able to share all these experiences well, with uh with your kids as they yeah happen. because because you know it's it's comic books guys i mean that's what's you know i can't like like it's 
part of the joy of it is that it it spans generations Mm -hmm. and the avengers i feel like should be the movies that are somewhat safe for the like are those i know there are star trek comics how how do like is it so because the thing is with comics there's also there are levels as well you know you'll have sure something that's more for everybody and then sometimes you know I, i feel like probably some of the standalone wolverine ones are a bit dark for your average fucking kid. Well, um, and that's the thing. I think Wolverine is a great and, example. I think, and, like I, wo- and I wonder is- about like so the, in the Star Trek comics. Like, is that is it as PG ish as the TV yeah? It's totally shows? the Star the Star Trek comics are totally PG. I have a few. They're totally PG. Um, the 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 but Wolverine's a great example. Like, I don't think there's room for unless they did like a Star Trek spinoff. But like I think that Deadpool and Logan have their place in the X Men universe. You know, I would like it if the X Men movies, you know, always trended to be slightly more to family, while the X Men spinoffs could trend to go ahead and more. be dark. Yeah, and, or so, so do the you, knew, you know the cursing, do whatever they needed to do to be true to whatever character. Yeah, and I think like it would be great, so to speak. like. Like specifically the Avengers and maybe specifically because I'm just introducing him to the Avengers like today, Mm. like yesterday and today. Maybe I'm super bristling against the idea of Avengers Infinity War, like killing off all these great characters because I was like, what? I don't want to do that. Like in a a two month period. Hey, look at these. Aren't they great? Bye. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, and say like, well, now they're gone. Yeah. I mean, I want. I want there to be new Star Trek. Clearly, and if Tarantino's name is what it takes for there to be more Star Trek in the theaters, then awesome. Yeah, I, I'm torn about it because, like, I do feel you know me. I fuck obviously, I fucking love to fucking motherfucking cuss. But uh, that being said, uh, I do wonder, like, because the idea, generally speaking, uh, is that we're in this utopian society, and in my utopian society, cursing doesn't matter because. They're just fucking words, but um, I understand that in this, if, if we're put, if we're painting a utopian picture, um, then it should be perhaps all the you know all pastels and like good stuff, and you know we see bad stuff in other like on other planets, but that's to contrast with our um, achievement of utopia, and and maybe we shouldn't. Maybe as a result, our shit shouldn't look so violent. Um, and but but I guess I, mean, I feel like there's an argument to be made that like if we can normalize uh, things like sex and cussing because it's like I don't know like we have these ideas morally, but like they're wrong and they're bad, and it's like okay, but no, it's not that they're wrong and they're bad. And I and it's I that they're and I adults clear, or from something a, from a right? from a pare- yeah they are adults, and from a parental point of view, I want to be really clear that. I am, you know, my kids, whenever they say bad words, I say, whenever they use the term bad words, I say, no, there's no such thing as bad words. They're adult words. And the reason that they're adult words is that if you use them wrong in the wrong place or incorrectly, they can damage you. And I always bring up an example of, you know, when I, you know, when I just, when I first started cursing, when I was in seventh grade, there was a friend of mine who, you know, she was really acerbic. Her name was Lindsay. She was really acerbic. And you know, we would joke back and forth. And one time I said, she, she said, she said, ah, oh, you're so dumb, Justin. I said, well, you're a bitch. Ooh, and ouch. I lost my friend. Now, oh. 
I thought, aha. You were just ha with her. I've got her. I, I can, I can one up this by using one of the forbidden words. And it said, <laughs> and the same thing. You can't, you cannot walk and say to your middle school teacher, you know, you know, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking like this. You will go to the office. That's what will happen. <laughs> you can't go to a job interview and go and say, and say, say, yeah, no, I'm good at all this shit. You can't do that. Right. The, but why the, can't we do that? Why can't we do that? Because there is, there is a, because a, we have decided and it is an arbitrary thing. But there will always be here's the thing, here's the, here's the thing. that there that will is inappropriate be. or that is not, you know. But that will always exist. At the minute that we normalize all these words, we will come up with new words. You know, we will come up with there always have there have to be forbidden words. That's what Why? makes them because that's what makes them fun to say. <laughs> I disagree. Like it's I, I it's not forbidden for me to say the words that I say. But they're not as fun. What makes them really fun to say? But the, you know, I mean, you know, when what, you're a kid, I will grant you like I was I certainly I, like I said, I, I found I had a friend who uh, had some Greek cousins and I found out how to say a cuss word in, in Greek just so I could say a cuss word in Greek to my dad because he knew it would fuck his day up. Um, but like that's some kid shit. Right. Like, but as an adult, but part of the joy of like the, the Trek off movie for me is part <laughs> of the joy of the movie is is. You know, that we come up with new shit. You know, that we like we say stuff <laughs> that hasn't been said, you know, like sure. that's, that's, I'm all that's for making the, new things. But, this is, but again, not forbidden. Like, I don't need it to be forbidden to be but, fun. But I guess point. The, the, the point is this, though, for, for whatever reason that, you know, you are judged on how you speak, because that is the primary way with which you communicate who you are. And and so knowing when, but you and aren't how, just judged on how you speak. You're judged on how you look as well. Well, here like, let me let me put ever it this, open let me, your mouth to talk. You know, let me put it this way: my job is going to be to always disapprove until he's like 16 of profanity, and that's my job because because if I could talk to him in a real sense, like if I could just get in his face and go words like this, those words, the f word. You only use that with your friends. You know, like that's that's what I want to go. You only use that when adults aren't around. You know that. Like <laughs> you know that's, that, right? Like, like on, I have so it- I have to exist as the societal barrier to go, okay, when I'm with my friends, I, I can say fuck. When I'm shopping at the grocery store, I don't say it then. Um, he's getting to an age where he is learning that. My younger one is not. Um and so I think that it's, you know, and, and with a younger kid, you have to like, you have to be careful about, there's so many words that you learn in your life to not say kill is one of them kills a word. You learn not to say, like you learn, yeah. you learn not to go, you know, go, you know, I'm so mad. I'm going to kill you. Like you learn not to say that. But when you're six, you know, and you're watching the Avengers, I could, I like, I started getting really uncomfortable with how many times the word kill is said, like the word kill is said a lot. In the Avengers, I'm like, yeah. yeah but there's a big, there's a, it's a big difference. Like, I guess I've never really said, I've never expressed myself in that way. I've never been like, I'm so angry, I could kill so and so, or I want to kill. You so don't and so. have gods but, of testosterone running around in your body. I mean, sure, yeah. and maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. It really um, does. But I also think that, like, um, just the word. Like, so what if there's an evil spider has invaded your house and those deserve to die and you're like, kill it, kill it. Like, that's bad. Why? Um, That's no, that's that's not bad. But understanding what that is 
and when and how to say it. They're like, Why don't you, just, you know what you could do? You could just use the Johnny Five rule. Just say disassemble. Words, no, words. <laughs> I just I, I consider them to be adult words, I guess, because, you know, they are they are very new and nuanced. Like like there's fuck, for instance, is a word, you know, and Carlin made light of this, but it's really true. It's a word that you have to learn how to use. And I will forbid my child from saying that word until I know that he's heard that word in enough different contexts. And I'm not going to expose him a lot to that word and make him comfortable with that word until I am confident that he is, and he's almost there, able to control his impulses to say words. Um, and he's almost there. He's probably six months away from me being really comfortable with it. In which case, he needs to understand the difference between fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like those you. those two things mean different things. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, yo I don't give a fuck. It's different. Than, I don't give a fuck. Those are different things. Yeah, but that's know. about tone. That's not yeah, about but but, but the, the words the tone can be, the tone can be very subtle, and if you get it wrong, you lose friends, you lose respect, you lose opportunities. And so I'm almost at a point. I know my first real profanity laden movie I'm going to do is Die Hard, because for all his there's not a lot of sex in it. He's used to the violence nope. at this point. He watched enough yeah. superhero films, and even the violence is like, you know, is R rated. It's got a lot of blood. Die Hard, but I would oh, say sure. that. I would say that the that the the Bourne movies have a lot more like bone cracking. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely less straight. And I feel like this is kind of true of of eighties movies in general. Like our barometer uh, for what is is violent, uh, we've gotten better at being violent in films and stuff. Yeah, well, like, we've so learned, some like, stuff so that was like really violent. Then it's like that was because really violent? That, because you know what? <laughs> because all of the ratings are based on what they show you. So the Bourne movies will show you almost no blood, but there's no, there's no rating based on what you hear. And they learned that. So they can do a quick edit and a harsh sound and give you the same impression without having blood, without showing you. That's the only difference is, is whether or not there's blood. Um, and also the bar, the, the bar has moved, you know, PG-13. Oh, dramatically. Bar. Like, it's you know, funny. When, it's it's like the first time I, so I had seen. Because when um, Die Hard came out, PG-13 was still only a couple years old. It had only existed for a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel like when I watched um, The Haunting or maybe it was House on Haunted Hill. One of these movies, it was a remake of like an old, like Vincent Price flick. And. Uh, so I was like, Ooh, I never did. I didn't know that. And so like, I went, I, you know, I'm, I'm film buff. So I went and I watched the original and like, they have this skeleton and it's clear, like, it's not funny. It's not supposed to be funny. Right. But like at the time, that's what they could do. And it was so spooky. I'm sure then. Right. But to me, it was like, it's like, it's like a skeleton on, on strings and stuff. Yeah. You know, like that's not scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that my barometer, I mean, I was watching like Freddie and Jason at five, so I'm not really a good sure. um, test Well, case, and I was still. watching Freddie, and I was watching Freddie when I was younger than my son too. The difference is, is Freddie really fucked me up and my son is oh, more sensitive me. than I am. Interesting. No, I got, I got, I had, I had a lot of dark shit going on in my life at the time. So I, I, I had nightmares for like nine months. Wow. Like, yeah. Like, cause, well, cause if Freddie gets into your head, that's, you know, it's insidious because you wake up and you tell your mom, I just had a dream about Freddie. And she goes, honey, it's just a dream. Don't worry. And I go, That's what they say. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you. But I think for me, for whatever reason, I think it's because in most of my dreams, 
Um, I'm like saving the world. I'm like the best superhero ever in like all my dreams. Ah, so lucky. I think I was just never afraid of him because yeah, I was no, like, my dream, my oh, he wants to take me on presence. and he's taking me on in the dream world. He's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, but my, like once I saw dream warriors, even that destroyed that, I was like, fuck, it doesn't matter how powerful you are. There's nothing. The dream warriors did, did jack shit. They yeah. didn't do anything. They had no, they literally the, what killed Freddie was some people in the real world buried his bones. Like if that had not happened, he would have torn through the dream warriors like a hot knife through butter. Like he just <laughs> like, like, like there was, there was nothing they could do. Except for Patricia Arquette. Even Patricia Arquette, she just jumped around a little bit and she delayed him for all of like 30 seconds. Like the most powerful of the dream warriors would have been the wizard master. And he literally electrocuted Freddy like he's fucking Palpatine. And then literally Freddy's just <laughs> like, like I don't believe in fairy tales. Fuck you. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do against this guy. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> just it doesn't matter fucked. what you dream of. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so um, I was just looking. The first PG-13 was uh, Red Dawn, but it was really because uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was not an R-rated film. And yet it got a PG and people were very upset at it. Oh, so, yeah. The se- Temple of Doom. Yeah. yeah that, so, I mean, they fucking tear a dude's heart out. Like, well, that's the thing. Temple of Doom. Think about the power re- of Temple like, Doom. Temple of Doom created PG-13. Think about that. <laughs> I know the worst Indian. No. Yeah. Crystal Skull is the worst one. But prior to that, that was the worst Indiana Jones yeah. film. And um, that, then that still was powerful enough to create PG-13. That's funny. Yeah. Um. So, so I mean, I guess that was my, my whole point is that the, that, that, I, we were talking, we've gone on so many tangents. <laughs> oh yeah. Adult. You want so, like both, you know, the, if there was a t- Tarantino Star Trek. Yeah, um, if there was a Tarantino, to bring it all be. the way back to a Tarantino Star Trek, I think the point is, is that I want, like, if you've got to do Star Trek Discovery, you know, to make it edgy, fine. But, you know, there's, there Try is- Try to keep uh, the movies in the PG-13 arena. All right, that- so I, I will give you an example. I'll give you a great example. Ready Player One, which, two mm. things, and I, well, first thing, I sent you a still, and I said, she needs to have the thing on her face, and I saw- it's it's there. I saw I, I I paused a trailer and I screen capped it and yeah, it's there. Um the reviews um say that that there a lot of the reviews have said people who are skeptic like skeptical about it because the trailer made it look like here, here's just nostalgia. Here's you know, here's 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 a box of Easter eggs. Um and they say that the movie really while may, while the movie is different from the book, the movie accomplishes making true like Spielbergian magic, which really makes me happy that, that people I mean, are like, yeah, the, 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 the reviews that I read made it sound like what I expected mostly, you, you know, which is probably the best case scenario that you can hope for in making a film from any book, I yeah. guess was that it's not the book. It's the adventure part of the book, but none of the like character development weight of the I book. I wouldn't say like, none of it, but I would that's say, not I would say there. That- it's the adventure parts there, but that's it. I, like, I, all right. So I okay. think I think that's unfair. I think what you're going to find is that it's it's not that that's it, but that it's, you know, the the in level of importance, the character stuff is much more second tier. It's much I mean, more. The very you know, fact of who they cast to be her is. Uh, sure. That's going to be volumes, but it's it but just it's does. Be, but here's the thing is, is, is I just I feel like it's I feel like it was I feel like it's particularly tone deaf now. And I feel like even before where we are now with women um in everything 
um, it was still tone deaf, right? Um, like, I don't feel like he gets a pass because it was kind of before Me Too and, and everything of, like that kind of blew up. Like, I, I don't think you get a pass. Like, I think it was even tone deaf then to not I, I, cast, I, you know, the right look because it's important is an important part of her character like if it wasn't an important part of her character i I would just i would be like it doesn't matter it's fine i imagine they're hollywoodifying it and that's problematic to me i know it's problematic to you and it's always been because we should be past that at this point like it's it's, that's what i mean by tone deaf the hollywoodifying particularly of female characters i never imagined her as looking anything different than that of course not because it's you well, it's not just that it's me, but it's also you're basing your thought of what she looked like on a word that I didn't know the definition of in the book. Um, there's that too. <laughs> uh, so there's that too. Like it's, it's, it's like, oh, she looks like, the, okay, I'll just, I, do I grab a dictionary? Just keep reading. Um, so. <laughs> um, That's why I love reading on an e-reader, man. So you um, just look up. I'm yeah, like, I do. I, I do audio that up. Books, so. No, I know. Um, but I will say this one. I'm glad that the reviews look really good, but I'll tell you an example of, of the thing that I'm talking about. I, I am going to wait to see what the reviewers say. There's a there's a site called commonsensemedia.org that I go to that basically has ratings, like family ratings, like what kind of stuff does it have in, in it so you can have an idea of the movie you're taking your kids to. And I think, you know what? That's what good parenting is. I'm glad that site exists. Don't tell movies to stop making certain things. Just educate yourself as to the movie. If you only want to take your kids to a certain kind of movie, great. That's always been our dev- our, our thing. Like, right? If you if you don't like what's yeah, on sure. TV, change the channel. Yeah. So so yep. I love. So I know people can bristle against it, going, "Oh, that site, it's judgmental." No, it's not. That that exists so you can educate yourself. It goes. It spoils the movie. You have to click on it. You, you understand that when you click on a thing, it tells you a thing that's going to happen. But you can go through and go, "Okay, what are what am I going to take my kids in to see?" Um. I hope to God they don't have the masturbation sequence from the book in the movie. Because other than that, I'm kind of down with taking my kid to it. I do not want to sit in a movie with my kid uh, with that stuff in it. I frankly wouldn't want to sit in the movie with my dad. I mean, how did you feel? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like a good example. I'm curious because it happened to me. uh, The very first Transformers movie. How did you feel? Um, I was, I, I, it was problematic. You know, I think that the very first Transformers movie implied more than it actually said about that. I mean, um, it said it, it didn't show it cause it's not what was. Yeah. Where's, where's the, where's but the book? Like, the book has a sequence where that's what they're doing. Like that's, that's the, 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 the book has a whole sequence of, Hey, if you have this, this is what you're going to do with it. You know, it's it's every joke we ever made about the holodeck is in the book. <laughs> it's all there. Um, yeah. And so and so like I'm I'm, I'm just hoping- saying like I know I, I get your point, though, with something like that, because I was I had forgotten about that in the original Transformers movie. And we were with um, our niece and nephew and thankfully I mean, their dad was there. So that was good. Um, and he and they were he was the one who put in transport so it wasn't like we did it right and then we get to that part and my niece looked at me and she's like what's masturbation oh no um 
Yeah. Want to answer that question? Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. I was like, you know what? Your dad's here. You should ask him. (laughs) I think I think that I I think that Ready Player One as a movie should appeal to right around the 11, 12 year old range. It should be just challenging enough for that age. And I think based on reading the book that it can be. I think that. Yeah. And I think that if you just if you boil it down to just the adventure of it, that that's what you get. But you, but adventure with. But heart. I think that, but I think that you really, if you had had the character development that's in the book, I think you could have. I think you could have put it in the movie. You could. And I have. think that that by putting it in the movie, I don't think it would have gone over the heads of kids. It's not like they wouldn't have understood it, and it would have been a great thing to see um, to educate our young people with when they don't know they're being educated. Well, it's and it, it's it's worth. That's noting. just how I feel about this. It's though, it's worth know? noting that with with Spielberg's, especially Spielberg sci-fi stuff. He really does lean toward surface level emotionalism. Like even E.T. is surface level emotionalism done super, super well. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's like what we said about Star Trek Beyond. It's just done super well. Like it's it's you know, E.T. could conceivably have told you a lot about what it's like to be a child of divorce. Right. Like that's the <laughs> like 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 there is there is a there is a story within E.T. that is about being you know, living in a house with a single mom. There's a lot. And about how you end up having, having to be neglected by definition because the mom has to work and there's no one else who's going to do that. And it's just, it just has to happen. And, and the, and the sadness, and the loneliness that goes along with that. There is a world where that movie really had an opportunity to maybe touch on that. Um, and same thing with Jurassic Park. There, the book Jurassic Park has significant things to say about what Ian Malcolm says about, you know, whether or not we should, you know, but ultimately those, those themes are boiled down to a line here and a line there because the movie's more interested in surface level emotionalism. It's a great movie. Um, but it's, but it doesn't have the hard hitting themes of the book. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more and about it's, the, the fun of the adventure you know, and even the movies he's produced. You know, I think that minus the cursing um, of Goonies, this could end up being as good as Goonies. Um, I think the core, the core for a movie that would appeal to late tweens in through teenager into the kid in all of us, which is what Spielberg does really, really well, like appealing from 11, 12 and up, not just 11, 12 year olds, but the and up with E.T., with Hook, with, you know, Jurassic Park with, you know what I mean? Like that, Mm -hmm. that he does that when he does it well, he does it really well. When he doesn't do it well, there have been slips Um, like if he manages, if we walk away going, you know, and I know you'll be disappointed at some of the casting stuff, but if you walk away from it going, well, it's only as good as Goonies. Great. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take only as good as Goonies. Sure. I would love to have another movie as good as Goonies. Yeah, sure. Goonies is really amazing. Goonies you know, is and and let's, let's face it, while there are things that you could wish the movie did, and again, we're talking a lot about this movie that comes out like next week. Um, so we'll be able to talk for real about it after it comes out. Um, you know, what our generation needs, and let's give it to this, our generation needs some genre filmmaking that is that that is their new stuff that they have coming up. Because there's not a lot of it. They're just rehashing our stuff. You know, like they're getting their Star Wars. They're, they're like, I want, you know, if this movie is like one of those movies that my kid can say, like Jurassic Park, like Star Wars, like it's, they don't have a lot of, of original stuff. So, Maybe it'll succeed in that way. I don't know. We'll find out next week. 
Um, but for now, my name is Justin. And my name's Alexi. Trek off. Trek off the chairs. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.